You are listening to the Phoenix Podcast with UK life and wellbeing coach Zoe Thompson. Meaningful and light-hearted conversations packed with hints, tips and advice to help you live the life that you want with confidence. Like, subscribe, share and make sure you stay tuned to create the tomorrow you want while learning to love your today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Five Five at Phoenix. My name is Zoe Thompson. I am the coach here at Phoenix Life and Wellbeing Coaching. And you are joining me today and Tom Wheelhouse from Mitify. Now, Tom's going to introduce himself in a moment. Um, just to let you know what you are tuning into. Um, this is Five Five at Phoenix. So simple concept. We have a theme each month. This month, the theme is mindset. And each week I have a guest and that guest brings in five questions, five questions on that topic that I have not yet seen. So in a minute, Tom's going to introduce himself and then we're going to get straight into those questions. And it will be, well, it'll be pretty flexible. I don't know what questions are coming and there'll be some conversation around it and hopefully lots of hints, tips and advice within that conversation that will be helpful to those of you who are watching and listening in. So if you're hearing things that are uh, helpful or you know somebody that this conversation may help, please do feel free to share and also hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you're watching us from. So with all that being said, Tom, let me let you get a word in. Do you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and, and your company and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Zoe, and uh, hi, everyone. Um, Tom Wheelhouse. Uh, currently, I work primarily with people in uh, emergency services or education who are thinking about their options, whether that's their career change primarily or um, their sort of health and well-being or just feeling a bit stuck. Uh, if I had a pound for every time someone used the word institutionalized, um, that would probably be very successful. So uh, that's where we uh, find people who are institutionalized and want to be inspired. In previous lives, uh, I've been a police officer and also worked in uh, big sort of corporate environments. So um, I've done lots of different things, but fundamentally trying to help people find the right place for them and not be a square peg in a round hole, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, we, we have similar backgrounds, but we didn't meet through working together. We met through the, the fabulous network of LinkedIn and we've connected there and we've had some fantastic conversations around sharing experiences, but also how we help people now in, in different ways. So thank you so much for joining us today. We'll put the links okay. in of where people can find you and how people can connect with you if, if they are looking for that kind of help um, so that they know where you are. Um, but we'll put all of those all of those links in. So you got five questions for a conversation today. I'm intrigued as to what, what you've got. I have, yeah. Um, I'll start with a... I didn't start with a simple one, sorry. So, um, <laughs> no, so I think, um, you know, you gave me the, t the topic and the title of mindset. And I think a lot of people now are kind of um, slightly familiar with some of the concepts or they maybe heard it talk talked about. And I still see lots of uh, very simplified things about mindset saying there's two. You either have a fixed one or a growth one. Um, so my first question is, is it that simple? Wouldn't it be great if it was? I think people look at I'm at a growth and fixed mindset. The, and so for those of you who haven't heard 
of this. The the research and and the the concept is by Dr. Carol Dweck. It's an an excellent book um, to read because it's got lots of case studies in there. So for for people like me who like a good story and understand where these these kind of um, that these concepts come from it's a great book to have um i think growth and fixed is simple but i think we tend to put ourselves in that category if we think that we're one or the other and i think most people like to think that we're growth mindset but what i do notice when working with people is that actually some of the language that we use is quite fixed um and so even though in general we might be quite growth mindset we will use language that in particular areas is quite fixed so I know for me um, I will quite often describe myself as not being academic so I I didn't go to university Um, I find it a real challenge to learn in a classroom environment I'm much more of an active learner which is why books with case studies are great for me because it gives me something to picture and much more of that sort of visual practical way of learning so I know that I will catch myself saying oh, I'm not an academic and I'll, I'll pick you know open up an article and if it's more than three pages I can feel myself like trying to close it down because of that mindset of you know it's got words in it that have got more than three or four syllables or it's got something in there there's no pictures and so I automatically feel myself kind of shutting down and so I really have to challenge that But on the whole, I would say that I am more growth mindset. So I think even though we might be more of one, there are definitely elements in there. But we have to call ourselves out on it. We have to see where those are to be able to challenge it. So I think it's not that simple. I think there's lots of and I think it's different with different situations and with different um, I think with different people sometimes as well, we can we can be more open to being challenged and, and growth, encouraged, motivated, inspired, all of those things. And then there'll be other places where we feel closed down, where we don't, we feel more fixed. And sometimes where maybe other people would like us to be fixed. You know, they don't want us to have that growth mindset because it doesn't work for them. So yeah, I know what when you thought of that question, what were your sort of thoughts behind it? No, I agree. Um it was just kind of deliberately uh to 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 get that reaction really. But um no, I think it's the same as, you know, in a lot of our work we get people doing things like character strength tests, or most people now have probably done some sort of personality test one way or another, or but I think it sometimes it leads you down that road of thinking, right, there's only sixteen choices of what everyone in the world fits into. Uh, which of course there aren't, or there's only four, you know, four letters that describe you. Um, so yeah, and I just because I, just, I see it, and I agree with you, it's a really good way to start thinking about it, and it's a good book for sure. Um, but I think sometimes now it's kind of become accepted as these are the options, and it makes a nice, um, it makes a nice Instagram graphic, doesn't it, to have the yeah. like fixed versus <laughs> growth. So I think you know that yeah. people are like, okay, that's mindset as a concept. So it's just to kind of explore that it's not always as as um, sort of black and white as that. Well, I think it's it, people want to make it easy to pigeonhole, don't they? They want to make it easy to categorize. And humans aren't, we're not, we're not that, well, we are simple, but we're not that simple that you can put people in different boxes. And I think, I mean, interestingly, with the, you know, uh, the Myers-Briggs, so when, when I did, as a leader um, with the police, did those assessments, 
the letters that I came up with were very much dictated by the role that I was in, that environment that I had been in for so long. And it's it's really interesting for me that having come out of that, come away from that and now doing the work that I'm doing now, when I've done those assessments since, completely four completely different matters. And it's just understanding that you can work and you can be successful or you can work in a different way to what is actually more your comfort natural way of working and but so that's you know it's very difficult to pigeonhole and I understand why we want to do it because it makes it easier to understand doesn't it It makes it easier if we can put people in categories but I don't think it's that simple and definitely the way that people are thinking and the way that people approach things and their mindset is not an A or a B definitely not <laughs> no, no, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, which kind of actually leads pretty easily onto my second question, um, if you're ready for that one, which um, you'll see the thought process. But so, you know, with those mindsets or with mindset in general, how much of it do you think is nature and how much of it is nurture? So there's all those kind of concepts where people say, you know, how you are when you're seven is kind of how you are as thereafter. Um, but actually, can your mindset be fundamentally changed by the environments you're in and the people you're surrounded by as well I yeah I think so and I I also think it's how open you are to seeing the world differently so I think certainly when we're seven it's very much shaped by quite a closed network of people isn't it and if you think about who who we spend our time with at the age of up until the age of seven it's pretty much the parents or who we live with um parents guardians and it's sort of you have one teacher don't you in primary school so you might have a teaching assistant but pretty much you've got one teacher and unless you're sort of in sports clubs extracurricular activities the amount of people that you actually connect with at that age is very small so in terms of how we're influenced and you know the beliefs the values the mindset uh, is shaped by quite a small circle and I think as we grow and certainly you know, this is why we see that evolution in teenage years isn't it because we connect and we are exposed to might not be the right word but we get to meet lots of different people with different beliefs and values and, and mindsets and experiences and that that helps to really shape it so I think if you're open to that then absolutely there's there's lots of of um there's lots of opportunity for growth there isn't there and I think if you're very closed as to this is I know this is true this is what I've I've seen this is what I've experienced then you can be exposed and connect with a number of different people and still have the same mindset so I think you have to be open to be challenged and open to seeing things differently to see that there's different options you can still choose to believe the same thing or you can still choose to have the same mindset but I think being open open to that challenge I think that's the key does that answer the question yeah no definitely and I think um the reason I kind of brought it up was obviously you know both of us have spent time in organizations where there's a bit of that kind of we do things because we've always done it that way um, and then, you know, now having been in a, you know, both sort of going into more of a environment where you're probably spending more time with, I guess, kind of entrepreneurial people who are maybe sort of have the sort of freedom to think a bit more innovatively. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just curious to see whether people, you know, 
uh, have one mindset and largely that doesn't change or whether actually you know it's that thing about the five people you spend most of your time with like you say that shapes actually not just the way you behave but actually your kind of mindset towards challenges and goals and all that kind of thing yeah and I, it's it's culture as well isn't it? it's organizational culture of who who you who you you know the five people that you spend your time with the people who influence and shape how you do things but then also certain organizations have got much stricter processes or procedures that you have to follow so you know it, it's not if you're in that in a type of organization where things are very much A to B to C, if it looks like this, you deal with it like that. If it looks like this, you deal with it like that. It doesn't necessarily cultivate that open thinking outside the box, thinking bigger picture, thinking what could I do here that's best for the individuals that are in front of me rather than we'll, we'll do what we've always done and we'll dare I say follow the flow chart but I think that's that's the challenge isn't it of of it certain cultures um certainly organization culture organizational cultures can cultivate that mindset of following following the crowd isn't it doing following the process doing what's always been done I think there's a place for that but I think there's also a, a place for giving people the autonomy of their experience of of them the trust for them to know what they're working with and dealing with and being able to make those decisions and so I think that 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 type of culture can close a mindset down or it can open it up and I think that's that's the challenge isn't it of of and I think because we're both now in sort of a coaching type capacity of having those conversations or what that you want people are like, well, hang on a minute I'm not used to answering that question of what do you mean what do I want it's like what are my options and it's like what do you want but they're used to being given option a or option option b and I think that's the challenge isn't it of helping people to see different opportunities and and opening up that mindset a little bit wider to what they might be used to no 100 percent. and um i've regularly found myself now saying to people um when it comes to it doesn't have to be sort of massive life changes or careers but even small things and i say to people look if that doesn't work do something else and then mm-hmm. and and i think you know even five years ago me would have been like you know whatever mate like, it doesn't it's not that simple you know you can't just if i get off on one path i've got to see it through and you know, I can't yeah. just give up and, you know, exactly that, calling it giving up and the rest of it. Whereas actually, you know, in other environments, people try new things all the time and, and actually it's a good thing to kind of fail fast yeah. and, and move on. So, yeah, I think you do absolutely see that when you move from one environment to another, that other people, uh, and we're always all looking for that kind of social proof, aren't we, of other people have all said it's all right, so I'll do it. Uh, yeah. Whereas when you're surrounded by as we both know, lots of people who kind of go, well, hang on a minute, don't do something different, you know, don't be the one who uh, stands out, then uh, it's very different, that difficult to have that mindset. So yeah, I think it's interesting. I think absolutely you get shaped by the people around you, but it can be yeah. very hard to be the one who turns around and starts swimming against the tide when things aren't kind of working for you. Yeah, and I think that's the 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 challenge, isn't it, for big, big organisations to when when they recruit and they recruit lots of different people to to give people that space to be the people that they've recruited rather than saying oh that's a nice 
uh, I, I picture Play-Doh, but it's almost like you you recruit in all of these different colours of Play-Doh and then you mash them all together into that brown Play-Doh mess that then is very difficult to separate. And I think yeah. that's, that's it, you know, I think we we recruit and we've got all of this experience and all of these people who can inspire and motivate and shape an organization and shape people within the organization but what we don't we need to give them space to do that and trust trust them to do that and I think that's it's difficult it's difficult isn't it when you've got an organization of that many people to it's very difficult to because you need some element of control because everybody needs to be pulling in the same direction but it's how do you how do you trust and give people that autonomy to be who they are and still know that everyone's moving in the same direction as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, and that's why yeah, people at the top are getting paid the big bucks to make those kind of uh, <laughs> make those kind of decisions and make that stuff happen. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, slight kind of change of uh, theme, I guess, really, for the third question. But just because I know that, I guess, a lot of people who are watching and, and who are kind of on your programs and following what you do probably already made that kind of first step, however small it is, to think, actually, I'm going to do something different or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of do something about where I'm at. So I just wonder what you sort of thought, really, on how would somebody start to build a and these t terms are open to debate, but a more positive or a healthier mindset for them. So how would somebody actually take that first step if they come to you and say, right, I'm not happy where I am and I want to do something about it. How can they start to actually kind of change their mindset? Such a great question, isn't it? I'm not, I think the, the, the answer that springs to mind is looking at what they already have that they want more of. Um, because I think it's it's very easy, isn't it? I mean, we talk about negative bias of we tend to see um, the things that are more negative before we see the, the positive. And I think um, there's a there's a great the word that that has been used more frequently recently is you know when when you get the ick. So it's you know it's that I think I think it came out of a Love Island or something I don't know I don't I don't watch it but I I you know exactly what you mean don't you when people say they, somebody's got the ick and it's like all of a sudden something you can't see past any of the negatives like everything that happens starts to annoy you starts to frustrate you and whether that's business work relationships way of life I think it's really easy to get sucked into it isn't it of that that negative bias of suddenly all you can see are the negatives all you can see and feel is everything that you're trying to move away from and then that becomes so consuming doesn't it and it really drags you into that negative mindset so I think to start to come away from that even even though you recognize that there's an ick and you want something different it's you know very much for me about working with okay what is it you do love what is it you have got that you enjoy that makes you happy that you know you that gives you that fulfillment in life that you want to keep hold of and do more of and then let's start with that and then look to see where the gaps are and where do you want to start to make some changes. And you know, quite often, you know, the wheel of life is a great exercise to help people to get that real visual um, kind of 
a a very visual way of seeing what's working and what's not working to be able to then start to pick out okay where do we want to start focusing attention to start to make some changes but I think that appreciation and gratitude of what you already have is very easy to overlook when something isn't working so I think that for me is probably where I start with a lot of people I think it's just working out what what they do want and what they what they do have that they want to keep hold of and want more of and then look at where the gaps are no I, I totally agree and I think we see that a lot in the people kind of trying to make those practical moves as well that exactly the same concept they've probably already got a lot of the skills or abilities to do it but it's just yeah. maybe it's a bit of guidance maybe it's the self-belief maybe it's um circumstance whatever but um the sort of you know ultimately cheesy thing about that is the the Michelangelo thing that you know he probably never said really but um you know actually the David sculpture was already in the block and all he had to do was chip away the the yeah. rough stuff from around the edges and reveal it um I'm sorry sorry if he did say that I'm not I'm not quite 100% convinced that he really someone wrote that down 500 years ago and uh, made it into a nice Instagram quote but um yeah but I think it's true like, I think people you know just like we were saying earlier with the mindset stuff people don't always realize that actually it's maybe not as far away as you think or you know it's actually yeah. not a whole kind of complete about turn um, and yeah I really like those exercises too for actually seeing what you've got and what's kind of missing because yeah. like you say it's so easy to catastrophize and um, uh, there's you know I think there's even sort of proven psychological fact isn't it that negative things are you know sort of three or four times more powerful than positive yeah. ones so we're kind of hardwired to always look for the worst case scenario which i guess is great when you're a caveman and you're always looking over your shoulder for a polar bit and a mammoth or whatever but um you don't need that so much when it's actually just you know you're in the wrong job so yeah i think it's it's really powerful stuff i think also it's looking at you know just peeling peeling back the layers of what what that means and and i i know that you do this with the people that you work with and but it, I think sometimes people feel like they need to make a really big change for things to make a difference. And sometimes, you know, I think people sit and look at it. And so the the fear of the change and what's needed to make the change then becomes overwhelming. So not only do they have the ick and can only see the negatives, now they've got overwhelm of what it would take or what they would have to do to make a change. And I think that's be helping people to see what they've already got you know like you said that you know what is and um, what is contained within that stone that actually they don't have to chip away a huge amount to make some changes you know you you don't okay I'm trying to think of two animals that look the same that you wouldn't have to chip too much away at for them to look like a different animal um my head had an image um, it hasn't quite converted into being able to translate that. But do you know what I mean? You've got two two things that, you know, you don't, you're not going necessarily from an elephant to a mouse. It might be that you're going from uh, an, a, a mammoth to an elephant. You know, they look very, very similar, but it's very small changes to get you where you want to get to. Yeah. I don't know where I went with that. My head went from <laughs> Maybe that made sense to somebody out there. But I, I, you know, I think people think that they need to make big changes and it's stripping back. What is it in your job that you do really enjoy? And maybe the job has changed and you don't get to do that anymore. So where are there other opportunities for you to be able to do that? That might actually be still within the same organisation. So it might just be look at moving 
to a different department or changing your role up slightly or looking at different tasks you can take on that would tick that box. But actually, you know, when you know what it is that, what is it about the job that you enjoy? Because it's not, you know, a role profile and statements. It's the yeah. activities that are within that and who you come into contact with. And and sometimes I think people think that they need to do a big career change to be able to do that. Whereas actually when you look at the ingredients, they might be somewhere not that far away. No, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, just thinking you know, personally, I definitely did that, you know, kind of walked out the door okay, I need to put the whole, the whole thing in the in the skip and set it on fire and start again, when actually, you know, that kind of worked out, but actually it didn't necessarily have to be that um, extreme. So, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And I think that's absolutely true of all the people we work with, that they're never as far away from that goal as they think they are or from the kind yeah. of skills they need to, to get there. I think some, for some people, putting everything in the skip and setting it on fire is what is needed to be able to kind of draw that line and move on but quite often you'll find that you know within six months to a year's time they have started to pull back out the things that they did before that they enjoyed doing and it might look different but it's the same it achieves the same results or the same type of fulfillment meets the same needs as it did before it just in in a different way so I think it's it's a very individual decision isn't it and some people need to completely walk away and have a fresh start and for other people it's sort of smaller changes to get them where they want to get to and I think that's that's the challenge isn't it for for you and your role to help them to work out what what is best for them yeah it's all kind of approach is it uh, it'd be really easy if it was sometimes you know and you could just kind of run a production line and uh, give everyone the same uh, advice but absolutely not it doesn't work like that and it, it should never work like that so uh, yeah no I think you're absolutely right um, question four, I guess. Um, so I, I got this far, 25 minutes in without using the C word, um, and um, as in coronavirus. And um, uh, but I just wanted, I just wanted um, in the sort of year, you know, the people you've been supporting over the year and and all the programs you run, have you seen a, a mindset impact of the last? Um, 12, 15 months, it's sort of in good or bad ways or a bit of both, or how is that, how is it translated into the way people are kind of presenting themselves to you? Definitely both, definitely both positive and negative. And I think even when it's been negative initially, that's that's the beauty of what we do, isn't it, is helping them to find the positives even in a negative situation. Um, I, think, I think it has... I think what it has challenged for many of us is the the things that we maybe took for granted, um, the things that we had got into that life of just being, you know, on, I don't know whether it's a hamster wheel is a good analogy, but that kind of get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, come home, you know, and I think when, when the first lockdown happened, it was great, wasn't it? It was like a little freebie holiday for a lot of people because the weather was nice and everybody was home and there was no school and it was but that novelty wore off pretty quick when the reality set in of okay this isn't going anywhere and actually this is going to have some pretty significant impact for people um so I think it's that element of I think it's you know it's that it just shook everything up didn't it it just really made people stop and think okay what is important here and 
what what am I what am I doing and what do I want to do? And I think there was lots of uncertainty. And as we know, when there's lots of uncertainty, it creates opportunity and it, it tests, doesn't it? It tests you thinking what you've again that but we've always done it this way. Okay. But now we can't do it that way. So we have to find a different way of doing it. That creates opportunities, creates challenges as well. But if we if we're going to put effort and energy into creating something different, this is an opportunity for us to think about what it is we want to create for the longer term. And I think whether that's been businesses having to pivot or whether it's been um, individuals looking at actually, I quite enjoy not commuting. Actually, I quite enjoy, you know, working from home and having some flexibility around my day. Or, you know, actually, I don't think I want to go back to work. I quite, you know, this is, I don't, you know, that sometimes for some people coming away that time in furlough, having that break from the work that they had been doing that they didn't feel that they could put, you know, make a change for, has helped people to see things differently so I think a bit very very different for different people but I think certainly there's been lots of challenges and I think I'm seeing lots of people look for the opportunities within those challenges to to if they know they need to do something different just taking a bit of a stock check of okay what what do I want what do I want different what do I want to do that's different and I, I think we just you know, somebody just hit the pause button, didn't they, for all of us and said, right, okay, stop, pause, um, what's important now? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Is it something you've, have you noticed lots of people looking for career changes over the last year? I know a lot of the people that you work with are are key, have been, you know, in the organisations that are key workers, aren't they? So their changes and challenges have been probably different to others. I think there's been a, a quite an interesting set of sort of mindsets in the in the first responders and key workers world where actually and I guess this links back to who those people are kind of inherently anyway a big group of them said I was thinking about leaving I'm, I'm going to stay until this is dealt with you know until this kind of threat is seen off if you like which is you know obviously links back to that whole mindset of the sort of service and duty and um, and all that side of things. So a lot of people almost change, as weird as it sounds, change their plans to stay in that, um, you know, really horrendous kind of role that it's been for a lot of those people and, you know, really put themselves kind of to their own detriment, really, to, to solve yeah. the problem, which is obviously incredible from that sort of human side. Um, but on the flip side, I think there were a lot of people who it was the straw that broke the camel's back um, who were already kind of feeling like, well, actually I haven't had a decent break in years or I've been overworked or undervalued for a long time. And now it's just tipped over the, you know, the sort of the stress buckets overflowed basically. Um, and that's been the, the the spark that's actually said, right, I'm going to do something about this now because it's got so bad. And um, I really like this kind of concept um, in sort of mindfulness, I suppose, or mindset that nobody really does anything until their backside's on fire. Um, and sometimes that happens, like it's imposed on you because you, you know, you get made redundant or you know, whatever happens. Um, but it's very difficult to kind of do that to yourself. But I think actually um, a lot of people who haven't been kind of going along at a three out of 10, I'm not happy, but it's not so bad that I'm going to do something about it were suddenly, you know, and it's not something you wish on people, but were suddenly thrust into a, 
it's a naught out of 10 now. Um, and, you know, I, I've got no choice. So I think that, you know, there's a real, really sort of, it's weird to say it's interesting when it's people's lives being kind of turned upside down. But I think a lot of people have seen an opportunity to do something they maybe could have done before. Um, whereas a lot of others have actually been galvanized to do what they were already doing and say, like, actually, this is really what I'm about. And I really am a paramedic because that really matters to me for all the, you know, um, things that go with it. So, yeah, I think it's worked absolutely both both ways and and everything in between, like all these things, you know, yeah. there's been a whole spectrum of good, bad and and also just changeable over the 12 months. You know, I don't, you, I'm sure you found this being a, uh, you know, sort of um, entrepreneur as well, that it's, it's a roller coaster and, you know, it's like one week to the next or one day to the next. Um, and I think a lot of people have suddenly found that rather than where they were maybe used to having quite constant um, lifestyles, like you said, and we just go get on that treadmill or the hamster wheel. And now it's not like that because actually yeah. things change day to day and you have to really react to that. And I think that's a fundamentally different kind of mindset um, to not know where your next paycheck's coming from or, you know, all yeah. that kind of thing is very different. Yeah, and this is the—I think this is the the interesting thing for, from my perspective. When when it first, so this time last year when it first happened, um, I, I did a, a live um, on on Facebook and talked about how you know, as as humans, we have that need for certainty and comfort. So we like routine. We like to know what we're doing when we're doing it we like to know the paycheck the food on the table you know the the availability of toilet rolls all of these things fit into that that certainty and that comfort and that that's you know for for, for all of us a, a, a human need um but we also like variety as well so within our routine within our structure we, we like that variety but there's so many of the other human needs that were challenged at that time you know around connection so this the social physical distancing, not being able to see people, the significance, you know, for, for some people, especially when work is part of your identity of how you how you feel you are part of an organization or how you feel your role is important. And then suddenly that changes. So for some people, you know, key workers, that kind of multiplied of that significance of we need you, the country needs you, the, you know, the country see what you do and how you contribute to that. Um, but for others, you know, with furlough and being home from work and, you know, that that changed in a, in a different way. So, you know, the, the live that I did a year ago was saying that just sit down and just pause and reflect, how do you meet these needs now? Um, and how will a lockdown, how will these things change how you meet these needs and how can you meet them in a different way because these will be really important these things are really important in terms of your emotional well-being that you might not have given a thought about up until a week ago but now you need to think about how do you meet these needs and, and what do you want to do differently so I think you know, there's some people who that significance, that connection, variety, certainty has grown in one way. And for others, it's it's been very, very different. And I think it's for me, it's been very interesting watching how people respond to that and how individuals have made it work for them. And, and for some, how they haven't been able to make it work. And it's created that those feelings of being uncomfortable and uncertain. And that's contributed to... Um, you know, a, a downfall in mental and emotional health. So, 
it's been an interesting 12 months and I think each lockdown each stage of this has challenged people in different ways and and mindset and and I think that trying to find the positives and trying to see the opportunities and make it work for them has has been really key in in how people have approached it without doubt no absolutely I think yeah it's been it's almost if you if you'd wanted to describe uh, or to design a 12-month period to challenge people's mindset then you probably couldn't have designed it much better I don't think with the sort of stop start and the not knowing and it's, it's all the classic things that you know push you out of your comfort zone and kind of challenge you um, and relentless as well so yeah I think you know um, hopefully hopefully it won't go on that much longer and it won't be an experiment that's repeated um, but yeah, it, feels no. a bit, it does feel like a bit of a sort of social experiment, doesn't it? In in watching, and I think because it's been global as well, just watching how different, indiv- not just on an individual level, but individuals, organisations, communities, cultures, religions, countries, just how different people have have approached it and how they've managed it and how they've responded to it has been has been really interesting to watch. Um, I d- don't have any need to watch it again in my lifetime. This is this is one thing I, I don't think I'd feel the need to repeat, but I think it's been, there's been some really valuable lessons for, for all of us in this. No, I totally agree. Um, which uh, leads me to my fifth question, really, which, um, you know, it's just, uh, I suppose it's not really that much of a personal question, but I just wondered for the sort of an insight for the people who are on your programs or, you know, kind of following your work, how you would describe your own mindset, given all the stuff that we've talked about, about that as an open question for you. Yeah, that's a good last question too. Um, that's interesting. What what do I think people's perspective, Do what do I think mine is or what do I think other people think mine is? Because that could uh, be two very different things. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Are they different? I, 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 I was just kind of thinking, what do you, how would you describe your own? But I guess, yeah, that you can't really do that without how would other people? Yeah, that's true. Now, I, I, I think most people would probably, and I, I would say positive, um, and and think sometimes um, I have to keep that in check because I think there is a risk in that sort of um, being overdone, and sometimes that. Yeah, I've heard people call it toxic positivity. I'm not sure that it is toxic. I think just sometimes it's a little bit I just keeping things in balance of not overlooking the negative side of things, not overlooking risk or looking at the bigger picture. Uh, I think my go to is is positive. I think the, the thing for me is that I actually thrive in disruption and I think this is this has been the interesting thing for me and I think the police background has had a huge contribution to that because you know I worked in departments that were just you never knew what to expect so you you learned to work in a way where you you had an idea of what you wanted to get done in the day but actually so much of what happened in the day was not within your control. Um, so I think, you know, from 18, I worked in departments where the public dictated what happened in my day. And so not knowing, you know, walking to the counter and not knowing what conversation you were having, you know, answering the phone, not knowing what you were going to be dealing with, coming into the office, not knowing 
what job was kind of come in that day that was all part of that so uncertainty the certainty for me is that the days were always going to be uncertain so there was some comfort in that so I think not planning and being able to respond and react to things is that's familiar for me that's comfortable for me um but I I you know I also recognize it's not for everybody the thought you know for, for me sitting and planning a year of business is is not my idea ideal day at all so I only ever plan three months at a time because I I like to be able to to change and adapt so I think for, for me I think the positive mindset has been helpful I think being able to that sort of is it resilience I guess some people would describe it as resilience but I think for me it's the the actually being quite comfortable not knowing um, you know, people talk about the, you know, the VUCA, the uncertainty, uncertain, volata- volatile type elements. That for me is, is what I know. It was almost like coming back, oh, okay, disruption. Let's have a little bit of chaos to kind of shake things up a bit. So, yeah, I think for me, the not knowing isn't, uh, that's not a big, that's not a deal breaker for me. I'm quite comfortable with that. But I also recognize that that's, that's not everybody not everybody likes to work in in that way so yeah I think does that does that just answer the question I'd be interested actually because I know that I know people will watch back or listen back who have worked with me over the last 12 months or know know me and have worked with me and I would be interested to see whether or not they feel that's a their perspective is is similar um but yeah does that does that answer the question yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's probably a good a good a good way to do the second half of that is to let other people, uh, you know, uh, comment on the video or you know text you or whatever to to say what they think, whether they agree or not. But no, absolutely, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, obviously, if people are constantly coming to you with uncertain things and issues, and they don't know the way forward, and that kind of you know the big ball of string that they want to unravel somehow, then yeah. that obviously ties into your mindset. So I think that makes sense. Just just curiosity, yeah, really. I, I hear you hear people say, don't you? Um, that, you know, letting go of the outcome, or you know, letting go of the need to control, or in, you know, that embracing the uncertainty. Or yeah, you know, I love I love the terms sort of approaching things with that childlike curiosity of not not being focused on a solution or the outcome, but just kind of enjoying what happens getting there and I think sometimes that you know I have to remind myself sometimes is that it's the the bonus of coaching isn't it is that when you have these conversations all the time it's that continual reminder of you know are you approaching things with that open curiosity of what else could it be what else might it turn out to be what else is is here that you can explore um, rather than trying to get your stuff from A to B and having a very fixed mindset of how that needs to happen, um, but just being very open to how you might get there in different ways. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something that coaching full time has has really helped me embrace because you you can you can do it that way you can just kind of go okay what are we doing what are we doing today what are we talking about today where are we going today and not being caught up on because it's not your with coaching it's not your outcome is it you're just there and I love the the description of 
coaching as a, a guide and explorer you know we're not there to tell people to go left or to go right or how to, whether what their a to b looks like we're just on the journey with them giving them that support and that guidance so i think it's a great way of learning how to let go of those outcomes of not having that judgment or those preconceived ideas of where you think people should be going and just going cool like where, where are we going today you know and just being really open to that but i think that's I think that's the great thing about coaching is that you get to do that and, and let um, that bit go. Yeah, it's, it's trusting the process, isn't it? I think I quite like that phrase for it, that actually sometimes you don't know until you, like you say, if you are going to go up Everest, well, you kind of know where the top is, but there's lots of different ways to get up there and you might get halfway up and find that, you know, something's happened and you have to change your plan. So until, until you start on that journey, then you don't know. And you have to put a little bit of faith in that, in that process and i'm sure you find this we find it a lot that people sometimes come to you know a coach or mentor whichever one you want to call it and say right i'm i'm kind of hoping you're going to give me like a google map style you know step by step map all the way to where i want to go it's like well eventually yeah but i can't give you all that on day one because we don't know what the the territory is like to to map first so um yeah no i'd definitely say that or the mike tyson uh simpler version is just everyone's got a plan so they get punched in the mouth (laughs) yeah which is exactly what covid did isn't it it was that that punch in the mouth of oh okay it just kind of opens your eyes a little bit of god what right what do i do what do i do now and and i think that's it but again it's you know that that fits into the analogies of you know it's not about getting knocked down it's about getting back up again afterwards isn't it isn't it there's a there's a saying for everything isn't there it is that you know, watching how people have got back up from this, you know, and, and some people have had a full Mike Tyson blow to the face um, and others have just kind of danced around the ring with it a little bit. But I think, you know, it's been, you know, people really have had to come up from some tough punches and, and mindset's a huge part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there are people really thriving, you know, having had that been all the way into the bottom and back up again. So, yeah, yeah for sure. As it's that you know it's the again the the saying of not not knowing what's what's possible until it's tested and i think people it's given people opportunity to test things out hasn't it try something different yep absolutely no and it's all yeah it all comes back to the mind i guess so yeah, yeah. No, it's a good it's yeah. a good topic to, to get into and uh yeah it's been uh and lots to think about in there hopefully for people watching as well yeah, great, great questions. And I, it's it's re- always really nice to talk things through and, and hear different people's perspectives. I mean, that's always been, you know, my idea when when we kind of started the, the first couple was that, you know, just by you bringing the questions, it just brings different topics of conversation to the mix rather than me regurgitating and churning out the same, the same things with different people. So I love the fact that, you know, there's you bring that dynamic of the work that you do and how you see mindset play out with people that you work with and where that works really well for people and where it becomes more of a challenge for people so it's been yeah a great conversation and hopefully there's yeah stuff in there that's really helpful to people and and people who know somebody going through something like this at the moment still um you know they can pass that on for to listen and, and watch back but thank you so much for your time pleasure i appreciate you coming in coming in coming on <laughs> we'll um we'll pop the links in um 
is there a, a best place for people to come and find out more about what you do? Uh, you can head to the website, which is mitify.co.uk, or you can find us on all the uh, all the usual social media channels, except like Snapchat and Twitch, because I'm too old to know how to use those. <laughs> all the other ones you can find us on. <laughs> yeah, same. Opened it up and thought, mm, no, this there's an I would go enough going on here. That's great. Well, what we'll do is when we this will go out across all of the different platforms, so we'll tag tag you in on each platform so make it nice and easy for people to find you and um yeah don't forget to like subscribe share all of that stuff get this out there to people who you think it can help um thank you very much tom for your time thank you for the comments um in the chat i will come back and re respond to, to you um but yeah, it's great. And keep your eyes out because we will have another live next week. So still on the same topic. Um, and we will, yeah, we'll be back again very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Alice. Cheers, no worries. Wait a minute. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.